What up, what up, what up? It's Pope the Blueprint, the host of the number one networking show. And I like to take the first couple of seconds of each show to highlight any local brands that I may be wearing. And tonight I am wearing XI11, the Kobe edition. Uh, and this is a 17-year-old entrepreneur here in Baltimore. So I encourage everybody to support, support, support your local brands. Now, we have a special guest in the virtual building tonight. How you feeling tonight? Hey, hey, how you doing? I'm good. Hey, I'm awesome, awesome. I appreciate you coming on the show. Now, before we get into the journey and all of the amazing things that you're doing, if you can just introduce yourself, let everybody know where you're from, and just a brief overview of what you do, which is a lot, but just a brief overview, and we're going to take it back to day one. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm glad that you reached out. It's so good to be on the show. Um, nice to talk to you. I'm Michelle Loveday, and I live here in Utah, uh, outside of Salt Lake City. I moved here in 2005. I'm actually from Greater Cleveland, Lorain, Ohio, the international city of Lorain. So I moved out here in 2005. I'm an educator of 20 years. I taught first grade and fourth grade and second grade. And then I was a literacy coach um, and did that for a while. And then I became a principal um, for seven years. Yeah, I was a principal for seven years and then for four years, I was the Associate Director of Educational Equity in one of the school districts here. And so uh, recently I've moved up to be consultant for another school district here uh, this past year. Um, and I work within the school district as their consultant, but then I also own and operate Love Day Educational Consulting. And underneath that umbrella, I um, make sure that the parents, the school and the community are put together especially in the areas of our black kids and kids of color, um, helping parents advocate for their children um, because it's just one of those things that it can be intimidating to show up at a school and not know what they're talking about when they're trying to put your kid on an IEP or something like that. Um, but then also underneath Love Day Educational Consulting, I started RISE Virtual Academy. And RISE Virtual Academy is for our black students here in Utah um, where we learn black history, and we look at our worth, our impact in the community, uh, embracing our black girl magic, that black boy joy. And so mm. students get together once a week virtually, and it's awesome. It's probably Thursday nights are my best nights because we just see all those black boys and girls K-12 together learning and appreciating the history that's cut out a lot in our, in our history books. So that's just a mm. little bit about me. You know what, I'm excited to get into the journey because when I created the show, I envisioned having scholars, people from every industry. Because the truth of the matter is that we're not all gonna be athletes or in the entertainment business. Right. But the sky is the limit and we just have to have our mind open to the possibilities. Oh yeah. Now you have, you have longevity in the education system, right? You were going down the long list. 20 so years. Now, so when you were growing up very young, did you have that passion to teach for education or what was, what was that inspiration? When did it hit you? 
So, you know, it's funny you asked that because I just got finished uh, last week talking to girls with our, we have another business here called Curly Me Utah, SLC. And the Curly Me girls had a little meeting. And so they invited uh, women that inspire them because it is Women's, Women's History Month and International Women's mm-hmm. Day today. And so they asked that same question. And it's funny because I think ever since I was a little girl, I knew I wanted to be a teacher. I would line up my stuffed animals and assign them work <laughs> and wow with the Barbies. So it's always been something that I knew I wanted to do. Like when I applied to Bowling Green State University, it was just the only college that I applied to. And my mom's like, are you sure you want to do that? And I'm like, it's the education college. It's like known mm. for education. So thankfully, this has been a journey um, that I've known. I've been really lucky because a lot of people, you know, they're still searching of what they want to do. Um, but I just knew I always wanted to be a teacher. I didn't know that I was going to be an administrator. Like if you would have told me 10 years ago, 15 years ago that I would have been doing this, I wouldn't have believed you. I thought I was going to be a first grade teacher my whole life. But when I moved, yeah, when I moved to Utah and saw that the black and brown kids had no one to advocate for them, that's when I was like, oh no, this is not going to, it's not going to be good. So that's when I went back. Speak, speak to that point, right? Because you saw a need, right? Because the, the desire hit you because you could have took the path of just mediocre, you know, just got there, set up, did your thing, but you saw a need. What, what was that spark like? That first initial something has to be done. Yeah. Well, you know, moving to Utah, I didn't know what I was getting into. I hadn't even heard of Utah, honestly. I was typical East Coast person, there's nothing in between mm-hmm. and then there's Las Vegas and California. So I didn't know what was out here, which is a good thing. Um, and so moving out here, I specifically, thankfully was allowed to pick the school I went to that I could teach at. Um, and so Spanish is my second language. So I chose a school that was like 90% Latino um, mm-hmm. because I'm like, I guess this is gonna be where the diversity is. Um, and just looking around, I don't know, I, I could have just stayed. There's so many good teacher leaders that just stay in the classroom, but I think, you know, you see where conversations are being made and policy and procedures are being established. And there's nobody thinking at that table that looks like us Mm -hmm. advocating for us. So I think that's what the shift was. There would be another policy that came out and I'd see like, 12 people at the table and they were all white making the decision. And so, you know, in order to make the change, you got to get at that table. So I went back and got my second master's in administration to make sure that that happened um, for the students. Yeah. Yeah. Now at, at that, at that point when you were moving forward, right. To make a change, did you go through a period of self doubt, being overwhelmed, saying, I don't, I'm, I think I'm biting off more than I can chew. Did you ever have those moments? Um, you know, only sometimes. I think when it was regarding my family, and I think that's why I made the shift to the district office. Mm-hmm. Um, when, it, when my family was getting, you know, was becoming impacted uh, while I was a principal, right? So at that time we had had our fourth and fifth kid and I'm a principal running the school, um, took maternity leave. And I don't know what the shift was, but I, it was more like, 
I don't know if I want to spend my my days at the school when I've got two little babies still needing me. And this is mm-hmm. going to be, I have, you know, 15 more years left of my career. So I think the shift was then. And that's when I started looking into um, district administration outside, removing myself a little bit more, but not so much. I mean, there's still a lot going on, but I think that's the only time was when it was starting to impact my family. Mm-hmm. That's a great point because you, you also were a visionary, right? Because you kind of thought down the road, you yeah. know, just pause for a second. How important is it to kind of view your career and see where you want to go for people that may be listening? You know what? It is, life is so short that you have to constantly think ahead and, and not for the impact of, of money or, you know, the gain of things, it's, it's how you want to live your best life because, you know, there's always that you can have it all kind of mentality, but if you're truly not planning to have it all, then you won't. You're going to constantly be burning the candle at both ends and you're looking at things. Um, and, you know, Utah is an interesting culture because of the LDS faith, right? And so I'm not LDS. And so having a child and working, I kind of got the question of, are you going to stop now and stay home? And I'm like, well, no, I've been, you know, that's just not what I was raised to do. My mom didn't stay home the whole time with us. And I've got mm-hmm. girlfriends back East that are working. So it wasn't a thought. Um, and so for me, I'm like, well, if I work through my 30 years of education, I could technically retire at 52. And so mm-hmm. that's where Love Day Educational Consulting started uh, forming um, in 2017, because I started thinking, okay, if I retire on time, I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to be under 65 for that Medicaid. Like you just have to, and it's hard because you sit down in your business, whatever business you're doing, and they start talking mm-hmm. about retirement when you're 25 and you don't think about it. You don't think about it, but the way life moves at you is quick. And before you know it, here you are 12 years out of retiring. And mm-hmm. what have you, what have you put in place so that you can enjoy life. I want to be able to enjoy my grandbabies. I want to be able to travel and do all the things that I say Mm -hmm. that I want to do. Um, And so that's how my consulting company formed in 2017. Cause I'm like, okay, I can help families. I can still be with kids. I want to retire. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Now was that the, was that the next, step after graduating with the master's was the consulting was that the next step no I think for a while I was happy running a school okay Um, I didn't even think about it and it wasn't until I left the school when I was at the district office and I was Mm. seeing I was seeing the amount we pay for keynote speakers to come in and I'm like, wait a minute, <laughs> you can pay me that. Give me my coins and I can motivate everybody. Um, yes. So I started looking at the finances like, okay, we're putting this month, you know, much we're flying this person in. I could do this. I, and I, I want to teach the teachers so that they could be the best for these kids. Mm. So why not me? So that's when it started forming. Like I said, 2017, when mm. I had it was probably a year after I stopped uh, running my own school. Okay. And that's, that's great, right? Because you saw the need and then you also saw your skill set and how you could impact, right? Because who better to speak to the teachers 
because you live there, you're amongst the people. How important was that? Because now you're relatable and they know that you know. Yeah, and I've been through it. And I think, you know, most K-12 educators, there's some that skip a few steps. And so they instantly go from, I don't know, classroom to principal. But I literally have gone through every step, you know, from classroom teacher to literacy coach to where I'm just like the fairy godmother going around giving good ideas. And then I get to leave and then mm -hmm. administrator and then district administrator. So seeing each step along the way and how the pieces of the puzzle work, especially in public education, um, I knew that I had resources and see, this is what I, I tell, you know, my white teachers, everybody has privilege and I recognized my education privilege. And that's when I saw a need for my, my community, the black community where, you know, kids were being overlooked. There was bias, mm -hmm. microaggressions, um, and parents just kind of frustrated with it all. And so I'm yeah. like, you know what? I can use my education privilege to help my community and give back. And, and at first, you know, it did. It started out like we all do for free. I, you know, just give me a call. Let me know what's going on and talking to people on the phone. Um, and, you know, it wasn't until 2019, 2020 that I was like, okay, I, I'm going I'm to need to start charging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, speak to, speak to the adjustment of starting something new, right? Because the, the consulting, was this new for you or have you consulted before? No, it was completely new. Like I said, I've helped people before, but in the mm -hmm. consulting, what does that look like? The business that you have to operate, um, just all of those pieces. Mm. Again, I was just an educator, but there was a, a pivotal moment where um, I ran for public office for our city council um, in 2019. Mm. And so I think for an educator stance, doing that was able to kind of combine the needed pieces to run a business. Mm. And what does it look like to be a consultant? Um, because it's, it, you know, even though I tell people, I'm like, education is political, right? Like, and so having that shift in 2019 running for office I was able to have that mental shift to, mm. to run my business. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Now, what are some of the things that you've learned just from the consultant side that you can share with people that may be thinking about the similar field? Yeah. Yeah. I was uh, talking to my Sans about this. You know, she was thinking about it. And I said, the first thing is you have to find your niche. Like, what you're what you're good at in education right so navigating okay I'm familiar with everything being in that but what am I going to focus on that's going to be the selling point to people right mm -hmm. and so you know some people they were school counselors so maybe that's your thing where you will offer what social emotional learning looks like or your thing was uh, you know, the tech side, and you want to do some tech consulting. So I had to find what that was that I could offer. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at first it was like, okay, integrating literacy, that's easy for me. It was my first master's. I can pull books, you know, that's associated so I can intertwine diverse reading into the classroom mm -hmm. and into people's homes. So that's where I first started. Um, okay. And um, just what that looks like, how to get the books on your shelves, how to integrate literacy and what you're doing in your activities and finding books that look like, you know, black kids all the time in, in literature. And then 2020 happened. Mm. Um, 
And I just was like, okay, there has to be more because they're not hearing us. It's just, it's not being heard around school districts. We still have kids. You know, the fact that my own child was less stressed at home because she didn't have to deal with the microaggressions at school. Mm. And you know, mind you, we're in Utah. So yeah, she's probably one of five black kids at the school. But the fact that she was like less stressed homeschooling with me, mm. I'm like, okay, we've got to have a shift. So I still, you know, recommend that the books and the importance of having a, a reading library that's diverse, but then that's where the diversity, equity, and inclusion has become my, um, my niche, you know, cause it's yeah. just, what I, it's what I talked about. I always worked at title one schools. I was always advocating for the underprivileged students and, you know, and making sure that they had a voice. So it just was a good fit. Yeah. You know, that's huge, right? Because if you don't have anyone advocating, you know, it makes it very difficult, you know, because you, you know, the ins and outs, and you've been all the way through the system. So it's, it's like you've been preparing mm -hmm. for day one for this moment in time. You know what's crazy about that? My mom and I were talking. So I grew up in Lorraine, Ohio. And you know, you drive into it, it's called the International City of Lorraine. So I grew up where culture and diversity were all around me. Like you'd ask my, my girlfriend who's Italian, you say, oh, are you white? And she'd be like, no, I'm Italian. Like where culture was embraced, Hungarian mm -hmm. friends, you know, just, I had an array of friends, Sri Lankan, just, I knew everything, Chinese New Year. It was just nothing. And then I went through a period where you go to college and you start to, you know, you find like people, like-minded. And then I moved to Utah and I was intentional of finding all of me everywhere. So I wouldn't be stressed out. Um, and then in that shift of becoming associate director of educational equity, my job was to take care of our newcomer families, refugee students, um, the families as they're coming into the country. And it was like a full circle moment because I grew mm. up having had all that culture to where it wasn't gonna be a shock. Um, mm. So it was, it was a beautiful thing. Cause I'm like, I loved culture growing up and missed it. So. Here it is again in my lap as an adult. Um, so those full circle moments, when you look back, um, there's a mapping exercise people can do, right? Where they draw their significant life at what they remember when they were little mm -hmm. and then their middle of life education and then what's happening now. And wow. you can see the connection of everything. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting you talk about that connection because you know, before we, we started recording, I was talking about my full circle, you yeah. know, as far as the communication aspect and, you know, going to Bible college. So, right. you know, it's like what I'm doing now is like an extension of a ministry because right. I'm, connect, I, you know, I'm connecting, I'm teaching and, you know, allowing people to. And, and so it's it, that and full circle. Motivating. And those those full circle moments, if you're not paying attention to them, you'll miss the opportunity. Mm -hmm. the opportunity and I always tell people they'll say well what made you think about uh you know doing rise like I've always wanted to have my own school because I can always do it better right like I could take care of my kids better than anybody right yeah yeah and so when everything was going down and I had to take another walk with my child to talk about yet another black man that was killed for no reason 
Yeah. I'm just sitting there thinking, how am I going to prepare her for a world that is not fully prepared to even embrace and love us? And, you know, rather than sitting around being angry and I took some time off of social media, I'm like, this can't yeah. be it where I'm just constantly posting, look at this, look at this, you know, oh, look what they're doing now. I'm like, there has to be a better solution. And for me, it was education. Okay, well, I'm going to educate mine. I'm going to make sure that they can walk into a boardroom by themselves and hold, you know, be, hold it down and be able to be the only one in the room and still command that attention because they know who they are and where they come from. Mm. Yeah. So that was, the, that was the start of Rise, right? That was the start of Rise. So let people know exactly what Rise is and what it's about. And we're getting ready to go in a little deeper in the Rise. Yes. Yeah, so Rise Virtual Academy um, is literally just that. It's a virtual school that happens. And it's just once a week right now on Thursdays, Thursday evenings. I have five teachers that operate uh, kindergarten, first grader together, second and third grader together, fourth through sixth learn together, seventh through twelfth learn together. Um, mm -hmm. And we use curriculum actually that's out of Indiana. Um, called the historic journey. We purchased that curriculum, um, you know, and on the horizons for me, I'm going to be creating some new curriculum, but I had to start somewhere with what was yeah. already in play. Um, and so we use the historic journey curriculum with bits and pieces. The teachers and I formed, um, you know, a, a year long calendar. Each month has a theme. So like this month, we're talking about African medicine and what we did back in Africa, connecting mm to doctors like Charles Drew that, you know, invented the blood transfusion and the blood bank um, to now, right? And the study of sickle cell and why our community is intimidated by getting the COVID vaccines. Mm. So each session, of course, is related to, to their grade level. So like our little first graders, they learned about all the medicines that they learned in Africa and then they signed off. But our seventh and 12th, you know, seventh through 12th graders learn about sickle cell. And, and all those things. Um, and so they just sit together every week from 6.30 to 8.30 Mountain Standard Time. And they learn um, about mm. black history, black politics. We talked about um, Harlem Renaissance. That was probably their favorite unit in January. Wow. Um, perfect because now we have um, at our Utah Museum of Fine Arts, we partnered with them because they brought black refractions to the museum. So now every kid gets to go to the museum to learn about the, you know, the Harlem um, artwork and stuff. Um, so I'm just very intentional of each month tying it to a topic. We, um, and we learn. And then on the last Thursday of each month, we come together like as a whole school virtually, mm -hmm. we have a special guest. Um, so we have like the Utah Museum of Fine Arts came and they did a virtual walk. And then next month we have, I can't remember his name right now, but he paints and does artwork of black people skiing. Wow. We, we live in the mountains and a lot of our black kids have not skied yet because you know, it's expensive, mm. right? And we're like, we're not gonna waste money on that when we gonna, you know, but it's an experience that when you live in mountains like we have, you've got to try it. But you, you don't want to try it because you don't see anybody out there that looks like you. Exactly. Exactly. So by bringing this artist in, I mean, he, he does some amazing stuff. He, um, 
has this girl with these two Afro puffs and a ski mask on. It's just going to yeah. look like them to inspire them. And then I hopefully will be able to connect with a local ski resort to give some passes so they can try yeah. it out. You so know what? That's, that's, that's awesome. That, you know what? It's awesome because you're expanding the kid's mind to something that they'll remember forever. I'm and you're intentional. And you know what, Brandon, the one thing we were doing a lesson, I zoom in and I'll go and visit each classroom. And these babies are on the class, like I said, just once a week. Here's the key. Every teacher is black. Mm. Um, and I prayed about that. I'm like, they all have to be black. And then I just sat there and said, who do I know that's a black educator in Utah? And so we span from one end of um, Utah County to the other end of another county. So there's students mm. that are 80 miles away from each other coming in. And so I logged into the one class and I heard a little girl say, you know, Miss J, I love coming to your class. You're so nice and kind to me. It's so different than my other teacher. Mm. And just the self-esteem for them to know that they are loved because like she said, her other teacher's not patient with her. Yeah. And yeah. you know, that-, that Sensitive to the, to the energy. Yeah, yeah. And then just seeing their face, like our first class, our first session, we were introducing the teachers, we interview, introduced the board, um, prominent educators here, you know, so we've got a lot of black educators here. I introduced the board. And then one of my board members brought out a little crown and she's like, mm. I want you to all remember that you are all kings and queens as you learn. And you could see every kid just sit up a little straighter. I showed them like 21 inventions that the world would not operate without black people. And one little kid unmuted himself. He's like, we invented everything. <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So now, just give, them that, give them that swag so they can walk in. And you know what? No, go ahead. Go ahead. Parents are emailing me. One little girl who wouldn't have said boo to nobody went to her teacher last month and asked her, What are you going to do for Black History Month? Mm. Challenging their teachers, you need to see me because I know I'm here. Mm. And, you know, another, another parent said that her son, you know, at first he didn't want to do it. You know, she made him, thankfully. And he didn't want to sign in. He thought it was going to be a waste of his time. He's, you know, a sixth grader. But now mm. the last two months, she doesn't have to tell him to log in. He gets on on his own time. He said it's his mm. favorite day of the week. Yeah. So it's a blessing. I, I feel very grateful. Now, you know what? I'm thinking as you're talking, right? Because longevity, right? The, the long-term impact. What do you see the long-term impact on the kids, right? Because as I'm listening to the story, I'm hearing their self-esteem rise. And as I'm hearing their self-esteem rise, I'm hearing them make better decisions about the friends they choose, about some of the decisions that, you know, may impact their life, like early teen pregnancy, like because their self-esteem is rising. What do you see as that long-term well, and it's funny, I, every time you say it, their self-esteem rises and the name of the school, Rise Virtual Academy, mm. I want them to be able to rise above what everyone thinks they are and can be and who they think they are and can be. And for them to see that in every stage of the day. 
and the game. And I think for these students, especially, I mean, so here's a question for you. When, maybe it's a little different because I know on the East Coast, it was completely different. My kindergarten teacher was black. So mm -hmm. I was fortunate. But how many people can say before college, if they attended, that they had a black teacher? Like when was your first black teacher? That I can remember maybe first, second grade. Yeah. But that was only maybe about one. I, I can remember Miss Wilson. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, but that, that's about it. That's just it. And I would, you know, for me, I think my biggest thing as a mom, as an educator, I knew I had a kindergarten teacher. I had a third grade teacher, fourth grade teacher. My junior high principal was, you know, like I had that. But these students in Utah, may not ever have that. Mm. And the one thing for me that was big was whenever I would walk into a school, just to visit from the district office, little black girls would just stop and look at me. Wow. You know, like, oh, who's this black woman? And like, and I'm walking with the superintendent and they're just watching and I, you know, and so I'm like, some of these babies will never have a black educator going through the Utah school system. Mm. And I want to change that. So now at least once a week, they're seeing a black teacher and other black kids. And, you know, I, I know teachers during the day have a hard time keeping cameras on, but in Rise, our cameras are on because we want to see each yeah. other black faces like, hey, what you got on today? What's your hair look like today? And mm. you know they get their hair done before Thursday night. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they be coming with some good hairdos now it's like a competition mm. up in there but it's good because I think for long term at the end of the day they will never be able to say that they were alone because sometimes mm. you know we we are alone at a lot of our schools but for one night a week they're not alone mm. now do you think because in, in a scenario like this the, the COVID and everything going virtual was kind of a gift and a curse. Because right. if everything didn't go virtual, do you think RISE would have accelerated like it's doing right now? No, because I had a girlfriend for the past year that's been saying, when are you going to start a school for our kids? So she had kind of planted that initial seed. But, you know, fear is a liar. And mm -hmm. I had every excuse as to why I couldn't start a school. Well, what would I do about buses? How would I get all mm -hmm. the kids? You know, all the excuses. Um, so RISE was definitely a blessing in that respect because I finally could start a school. Um, and so now I have to look at a way to where we can get together a couple of times. And that's mm -hmm. where the community connections come into play. So we have, uh, you know, outdoor Afro Utah. We have, you know, the curly me that I was talking about, Black Lives Matter Utah. So I make sure that I'm connecting with those leaders of those yeah. organizations. So when they have an event, I invite the Rise kids. And, you know, I was able to see a lot of them in person during an outdoor Afro event. Um, wow. And then, of course, I'm going to be intentional. I have a parent. Um, we have a lot of transracial adopt adoptees. And so the parents are like, please for my children, you know, I want them as black kids to know that they're strong, even though their whole family. Yeah. Um, so they're willing to donate some space so that at the end of May, or, you know, sometime in May, we can physically get together to celebrate. 
Mm. You know, hopefully COVID will let us and we can do some outdoor activities. And then in August, we'll do a kickoff in person. So hopefully at least I'm looking at the calendar now, realistically, once this is all over, we can, mm. at least, we'll still do virtual, but at least maybe four or five times a year, we can get together in person. That's awesome. Now, as I'm listening to, I'm, I'm also seeing you consulting other states. That's the hope. That's the hope. And, you and know, it's definitely a possibility because I'm thinking about North Dakota, South Dakota. I know. because, And that's what somebody said. Somebody's like, um, I have a cousin in Idaho. Can she join? So, you know, it's even looking like, OK, is this something that I could do for the Mountain West? Is this something, mm. you know, kids in Arizona? How does this look for at least the Mountain West? Because like yeah. it's something there. And so because I'm a public school proponent, and a lot of people are like, oh, well, there's just too many, too much red tape. I've been in public school my whole life, my dad, you know, and I look at, um, you know, the I Promise School that LeBron James has put together, right? Mm -hmm. It's part King of, James. yeah, it's part of the Akron public school system. So it is something that can be done. Um, and so I, I wouldn't stop at thinking about that. And with my consulting, it's a lot of you know, on the consulting side under Love Day is talking to schools and parents and even businesses on, you know, what does a culturally responsive community look like? And what are the key elements of that? And how do you operate when you don't look like the kids you're teaching so that they know that you care about them? Yeah. It's a, you know, and so I think those conversations are important. We have them all the time, how to be an anti-bias school, how to facilitate crucial conversations. You know, I told one principal, I said, you can't go to school one day knowing that kids saw what they saw on the news and ignore them. You can't ask them, you know, you can't not ask them how they're doing when that's what the, was on their mind. Mm. Um, you know, and I, I was honest, there was one, um, I can't remember what Friday it was, but I was just mentally exhausted, right? You know, you yeah. had that moment when we just kept having news after news and then COVID. Yeah. And so I was honest with the people I was presenting with. I said, you know what, y'all, I'm only here because I scheduled it with you. I said, but my mind is not here. I said, yeah. I'm, I'm sad. And I was honest with them. I said, so if I'm feeling this way as an adult, how would your students be feeling right now? And would you be willing to chuck that lesson plan to talk to them? Mm. like what what would you risk so and a lot of people are here are scared you know utah is red state and so yeah. you know they're trying to use our skin as a political pawn but it's not yeah yeah and so how important right is the networking aspect just for the strength because you you named a lot of those networking aspects how important is that oh, networking key absolutely crucial um because otherwise <laughs> you could just you honestly if you don't have that no network I, mean, I had even asked my husband one day I'm like am I doing the, am I asking for the wrong thing is diversity bad like what is you know you just get so beat down that network to come back to ground yourself to see the work is just important. We have uh, the black clinicians. And let me tell you, that's the next group you want to talk to. They are mm. a lit group of five clinicians and they have formed this group. And so I brought the black clinicians 
and invited all of my co-colleagues that I know do diversity, equity, inclusion across the state. And we had a virtual, you know, clinical session to just detox and, and to let that stuff go. Yeah. Um, and by the end of the hour, we were all lighter. We were like, okay, we can do this another week. Like yeah. we can handle this. We can, we can move. And so it's, it's, it's key. It's key. Or you won't, you know, people move here and three years later, they're out. If you don't find that network, you have to be intentional and purposeful and proactive in doing it, but it's getting so much better since even when I moved here. Mm, that's good. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Because people like you and organizations moving forward, you know? Yeah, so that's why, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you so know, it's and what's, what's the next steps for you, right? As far as business-wise, vision-wise, because I've seen you just finished up, uh, was it a 15-week course, a 14-week yeah, course? It was Women on Business. Um, you know, again, I, I'm just such a, a nerd, right? Like I, if I'm going to do something, I got to learn about it. And so yeah. it was through the Utah women business and it was just how to operate and run a business. It was just for women. It was an awesome course. So now I'll be working on rebranding my logo so that, um, you know, loved educational consulting matches rise. You know, you see all these brands when you look at, um, who, for who has one like uh, Rihanna, for example, right? Mm -hmm. like her brand across each of her items goes with each logo. So I'm going to be redoing my logo so that the two coincide. It's going to involve the crown. Yeah. So good. Um, and it's just, you know, each of them like Love Day Educational Consulting's logo is a dragonfly. Okay. So symbolic of rising and the just the, you know, the longevity and stamina that you need um, of being there and then associating mm -hmm. that with rise. So mm -hmm. just rebranding it. So the two brands match together. Um, I thankfully had a partnership with the department of corrections to consult. Mm -hmm. So just kind of expanding my network on what the consulting looks like for people. It's awesome. I, you know, I'm truly, I, I'm listening and I'm truly excited, right? Because it's one thing to hear about it and see it on Instagram, but it's another thing when you can talk to the person, Thank feel you. your energy, see your bright smile. You know, it, it, really, it really makes a difference because we can see that you're passionate about it, right? Yeah. And, and, that, and that makes the difference. You're not just going through the motions. This no. is something that you're prepared for through your whole life and you're dedicated to the folks. I got notebooks. I'm writing things down. I'm staying. I'm staying around. <laughs> and at least my business, right? Because this, you know how some people you think about it. Um, and it's just those little things, you know, one, what do you want to leave on this earth when you die? Right. Mm. And I want to make sure that I leave that legacy um, in so many different ways. And so even in like my, my living will, like my family gets some stuff. And then it's mm -hmm. always like, if they're not around, then it literally says donate everything to the last school that I was principal at. Like wow. just little things like that, um, just to have that educational legacy for, for the kids is important. Mm. I think that I know that that's my purpose and why I'm here. Um, and it takes a special kind of people to navigate the situations that we are in in Utah. You know, mm. cause you know, there's some days where I'm like, 
my poor husband has to hear me. What I want what I wanted to say was, yeah, yeah, yeah. The reality, in, yeah, right. But in front of them, I'm calm. Yeah. I'm cool. Um, and I, I just, I'm hoping that I can continue to keep that kind of character um, as yeah. I move forward. Yeah, definitely will. And so let the people know where, before we go to things, let the people know where they can follow and support you on all of your media oh uh, outlets. Okay. So of course, you know, on Instagram for me is just m.love underscore day consulting. Uh, Love day is definitely my married and maiden name together. And that's um, on Instagram and on Twitter. Uh, I'm on Twitter somewhere. Just type in my name. I don't use it. As- <laughs> <laughs> that's one network that I'm like, oh, but I'm on Twitter. Just type in Michelle Loveday. You'll find it. And then, of course, Rise Virtual Academy, full name on Instagram and on Facebook. And of mm. course, uh, you know, risevirtualacademy.com. And then once you get on my Instagram for Loveday Consulting, you'll find my website for Loveday Educational Consulting on that website as well. So uh, the one thing that I focus on is having that light in your leadership and encouraging others to have it as well. Mm. Now, before we go, I always like to leave on that last word of encouragement. So you, you've, you've given us a lot of wisdom, but if you had to summarize and give us that last word before we go of inspiration, what would it be? For maybe the people thinking about getting started, quitting, keep going, what would be that last word of encouragement? Hmm. That's a good question. So the last word of encouragement is always keep your purpose in the forefront front of what you're doing. Always keep your purpose in the forefront of why you're doing it so you don't lose sight. Because once you start to operate a business, the mm. pieces that you have to operate, the financial side, the marketing side, all that can be very heavy. And so you have to remember the purpose um, of why, of why you're doing it. And another, you know, one book to read is called The E-Myth and Mm. why small businesses don't succeed. Um, So start reading that so you can get your mind in, I want to be an entrepreneur. And what does that look like? Mm. That's awesome. One quick question for you, because you're you're into books. How (laughs) important... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, th- this is my last question, I promise you. But no, I just how said I <laughs> no, how important is it for people to invest in themselves? How important is that? You will burn out if you don't invest in yourself. The term, my, my, my psychologist friend will laugh at me. I don't like the term self-care. It gets on my nerves. I don't know why. And then you would relate to this because you said you went to Bible college. I think it's because... I don't rely on self to get me through anything. Like yeah. I, I listen to my gospel on the way to work and I'm praying on the way back from work. So yeah. self-care to me is a hard term, but definitely invest in yourself. Once, you know, once a week on Saturdays, I don't have my phone near me and I don't mm. feel guilty for it. Yes, there's things that need to get done, but I take three hours and just hang out with my family go on a hike, go on a walk, just mm. to recharge or you won't be able to keep going. Like I have no, I have no qualms. When it's five o'clock, I'm out. Like I'm done yeah. working 
you know, and, you know, I just learned to say no, because even as busy as I am, I keep getting asked, can you be on this board? Can you be on this board? And I give myself a limit. I'm going to be on this many boards. Yeah. And and as enticing as the one, you know, primary children's like, really? Yeah. I got to say no, because I'm already on three. So no, Um, it's important. Whatever you like to do, find time to do it. Mm. life is too short people are dying like you know what yeah. I mean and it's not it's a cliche right like but I, I think if anything if COVID has taught us anything and, and it's sad but there's been people that I know that we loved that have left us and yeah. you know at, at what expense because shoot even you know Ruth Bader she she died and like an hour later they were talking about her replacement yeah so they're gonna find somebody to replace you just you need to invest in yourself yeah, yeah. Well, I appreciate you coming on the winner's circle, yeah. sharing your vision. Thank you so you much. That's my bedtime. You're welcome. <laughs> well, you enjoy the rest of your night. Peace, you love, too. and blessings. Thank you. Bye-bye. Peace.